So everybody did all right in the storm, right? And, and I like the way Brother Mike prayed before. He says, you know, not only the physical storms, but there's spiritual storms too. And you know, that's really perfect timing for what we're going to talk about today. But I want you guys to play along a little bit. Can you help me? Everybody say yeah. yeah. And so when I say knock, knock, what do you say? Yeah. What's that? Knock, knock? Yeah. Right. That's exactly. What happens if you say knock, knock, and you say who's there, and it says trouble? Trouble who? Trouble coming for you, right? So what do we do? You know, and that's really where this, this whole message is. I put knock, knock, now what? Knock, knock, now what? When trouble comes knocking on your door, and trouble will come knocking on your door, don't you? Don't you know that sometimes? It will. You don't really have to go looking for it, but I happen to know that, that I probably went looking for it a few times. How about y'all? Nobody else? Thank you for your honesty and didn't leave me out there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know why we do, but when you look back, you go, well, that sure wasn't a good plan. Well, today, uh, through God's word, I want to take a look at how we, we, we approach these things when trouble does come knocking at our door. And so I want to take a look here and just kind of talk to you guys a little bit uh, about prayer today. And this, and, uh, if you got, I'll, I'll tell you where we're really launching off from. We're gonna, you're going to be real familiar with this verse the time we leave today. If you got your Bibles, it's in 2 Kings 19, 14 is our main text. If you use your smartphone, tablet, that's great. We can, we can use them as well. But uh, we've got most of the scriptures up on the board, but I always encourage you to bring the word of God with you, amen? And uh, so with this here, I want to give you a little background and story on Hezekiah. Has anybody ever heard of Hezekiah? Yeah, he was a king way back when, right? And this is a powerful Bible story about a good role model to follow in prayer on this particular uh, chapter, excuse me, Kings, 2 Kings chapter 19. I'll get it out in just a minute. So I want to unpack this a little bit. Hezekiah, his dad was a bad guy. Bad news, man. Ahaz, I believe it is. And uh, he was just did everything against God that he could. I mean, he just, just boarded up things and everything where people couldn't pray and just really put, put the thumbs on the people. And when Hezekiah became king, he changed all that. He was seeking after the Lord. And, it, and the Bible says that he came to be king at age 25. Now, my oldest boy is only 24. I can't imagine, as amazing as he is, him being a king, right? He's the prince. Just ask his mama, right? Y'all get that later. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but now think about that. But, you know, I think people grew up fast back then. How about, how about that? You know, they had to because uh, they weren't going to live that long most of the time. So you had to grow up fast and enjoy yourself a little bit. So at 25, Hezekiah is taking over the whole kingdom of Judah. And so he, he had to make some big decisions. And some of the best decisions that he made, I'll say maybe the best decision that he ever made, was to start seeking the Lord. He, he brought everything back, the things that, that his dad had tore down and altars of worship the Lord and things like that. He brought them back up to par, man. He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be a nation after the Lord. How many think that's a good idea? I think that's a great idea. We're probably in that place right now where we need to regroup in a few things and be a nation serving the Lord and, and speaking out. But a lot of times we get so politically uh, correct that we just sit on our hands, right? Well, I hope today that this will encourage us how to move forward in the situation. So here we go. He's a, he's a king for about 29 years. And then the, the king from the uh, Assyrians come and say, hey man, I'm going to break this down, Buffalo translation. Hey man, I'm going to tell you what, we're coming. We're going to take your people. We're going to take your kingdom. Uh-oh. Trouble's knocking at the door, right? So what now? What do we do next? I got a few things that I think would be real helpful. I, I, I picked them out. Sometimes we deny, sometimes we cry, but we really need to rely. 
And I try to make it real simple so it just hangs in your mind all week. But I want you to look at this. He gets this nasty gram from the, from the king of uh, Assyria. And he says, man, we're going to take over your whole deal here. And so we, we start going, wow, what, what do we do? He didn't turn around and start, start telling God how big the problem is. His problem was he just went to the Lord and said, hey, this is where I'm at. Wouldn't that be good if we did that? A lot of times we, we start pumping up the problem. Start pumping up the problem, all this stuff. And, and so now the, I, I just hope today that we can do a little comparison on what he did versus what we do sometime and see if we can't tie this all together. So I'm going to go ahead and read this verse and I'm going to go over it a couple of times, but I want to get this in your heart. After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. He went to the Lord. But let's, let's just jump on in here. If everybody's good, say amen. I'm going to read a little bit more here so you get the whole, whole deal. Read it again. It says, Hezekiah received the letter from the messenger and read it. And then he went up to the Lord temple of the, went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, and thrown between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words a Sennacherim has sent to ridicule the living God. Now that was the king that was sending the bad news, all right? This is what's happening. He, he said, look what he did first. He turned around and he says, I'm going to the Lord. Now, most of the time, what do we do? We go to everybody else, don't we? We whine about it and everything else. So let's go ahead and jump in here. If you got your paperwork here, I think there's a few good notes that we can write down. So many times, I want to do a comparison. Many times, we deny the power of God. You say, well, what? no, 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 we don't. Well, when if you ask everybody else instead of God, you, you're going to him second, second base, right? Second time, we need to go to him first. I said, we might not think that we're doing this, but every time you react without involving God, you're really saying, you know better than he does. Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? Every time that I, I try to do it my way without trusting in the Lord, just say, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm saying, I know better than God. But I know better than this. I don't. But that's my reaction. How about you sometimes? And so we're going to kind of just put it all together here. We start to circumvent the Lord. We leave him out of the equation. But when we review Hezekiah's prayer, he goes straight to the source. So what does he do? Hezekiah denies himself. He didn't say, well, I'm a king. I can do this. I can do all these things. See, a lot of times we start looking at the inventory of what we can do. And let me tell you, there are bigger problems in your life, in our life, and in this world that we can handle ourselves. Amen? Aren't you glad there's none bigger than our God? None are bigger than our God. So we look back over, over your life and just think of some of the trouble uh, that's come knocking at the door. And I said, man, uh, how might it been, uh, how would it might have different, been worked out differently if we went in the same steps to Hezekiah? Think about that just one minute. Some of the things that you dealt with, if we had sought after the Lord first instead of jumping in. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm getting better about this, but many times I'll jump in, end up in the ditch, and then ask the Lord to help me. Has that ever happened to anybody else? Oh, I'm going to do it my way, and, and if this doesn't work, I'll do it this way, and if that don't work, I'll do this. i got to plan A through E, and when I run all those things out, then I go, Lord, where were you? Never even asked them in the equation. Now, you know that happens a lot. But I tell you what, I hope today as we look at this message that our first reaction is, Lord, what would you have me do? That we come and lay that out at the feet of Jesus. Amen. I, I wrote this down yesterday. I said, if it's God's plan, it's the best plan. How many people would agree with that? Amen if you agree with that. Yeah. Then why do we fight it so bad? We do. I'm, I'm preaching to me first. 
I said, you know, I'll take a look here. I said, as we read on, God went before Hezekiah's people. And, and they never even had to fight in uh, 2 Kings 19.35. It says, that night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185 Assyrian soldiers. They didn't even have to go out and fight. He, he fought the battle for them. When they trusted him, he took care of it. See, we try to do things in our own strength, don't we? I, I know guys do. Well, I'm a man, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Well, guess what? If you're a man after God's own heart, you probably should be listening. Let's take the probably off. We need to be listening to what the Lord's telling us. How many times you had that nudge and you know you shouldn't do this or go this way or drive this way or whatever? I see it in my driving all the time. People that drove with me say, I think so, right? I'll be going a certain way, like going back and forth to my mom's. I go there all the time, back and forth. And sometimes I feel like the Lord said, don't go that way, go this way. And most of the time, I go the way the Lord says. And there's times that I don't and everything's okay. But sometimes I wonder if the Lord's just saying, I just want to see where you're listening. Would you trust me in that? How many of you have done what the Lord said to turn around and say, thank the Lord, I did what he said. Woo, man, it's amazing. I'm going to tell you a story. I've probably told it some before. It just popped in my mind. When I was a little boy, uh, I loved riding mini bikes. Now, I don't know why you get your kid a mini bike at five years old, but I got one and I was happy. I was happy. You know, I'm thinking about that. When my kids come up and I think, why did they do that? I wish they have my kids on a mini bike like that. But, you know, uh, I, we were always around, and that's what we're doing, and riding mini bikes and everything else. And a lot of folks in the neighborhood had mini bikes. And the man next door to me was getting his son a mini bike, and he had worked on it a little bit. And i never forget. We were going to go, I think it was maybe uh, Saturday or Sunday. It was a weekend. And we were going to go with the next-door neighbor's dad, and all these other boys had mini bikes and motorcycles and stuff. And I remember this very clear, because I talked to my dad about it. And he said, well, we'll study about it. See, my dad was a, was a real thinker when it came to stuff like that. <laughs> that pretty much means you 50-50 or less, you're going. But when you're little, you say, so, I said, well, surely we're going to go. I mean, my bike's gassed up. I'm ready. Everybody's in the car. They're putting the motorcycles in the van, everything else. And, and I went back, and my dad was still sleeping. And I went in, and I said, hey. He said, yeah. I said, uh, everybody's ready to go. He said, well, who's all going? And I gave him the whole names and the list and everything, all that. He said, son, you ain't going. I said, what? That's about the last thing I remember. <laughs> I was like, man, I just wanted to go even if I could just walk at that time. And, and he's like, because I was like, oh, well, I thought I was going to go. See, I'd already imputed the answer into my dad when he said, hey, we'll talk about it. So they go. And I got to shovel that boy. I mean, lift that hand. I don't mean, even do nothing. I don't mean, nobody does me. All this, you, know, you know how you do when you're about, gosh, I was probably about eight or ten now. Eight or ten, and you're mad because your dad didn't send you down the road with a bunch of hoodlums and everything on a motorcycle, right? Just don't understand that. Well, sometimes dad knows best, amen? And it's a true story. It's a very sad story. And uh, accidents do happen. They got down there, and they went out to Copeland Park area. And my friend's dad took the mini bike out there. And, you need a helmet? No, you don't need a helmet. I'm just going to ride right down the end here and come back. I want to make sure everything's safe for you. Pulled the choke out on it, you know, boom, boom. And he's looking down, still adjusting it. And one of the other boys had a motorcycle. I mean, a motorcycle. He came back, and my friend's dad was adjusting like this. And the boy evidently was going to get close to him or whatever later. Lost control of the motorcycle and hit the man head on. His head went into the gas tank. They thought he was dead right there. I, I'm just going to say, rip the man's nose off his face. 
terrible. And they're out there, and none of them really even drive. They ride many bikes and motorcycles. They get there, and they get him into the van. And they're trying, it's three on the tree. And they were saying one of the guys, man, drove that thing in first gear. So he got into the hospital. And I remember he said, man, something terrible happened. And they got the van home. And I went and I looked in that van. And there was blood everywhere. He said, man, buddy, I'm just telling you how things happen. There was blood everywhere. And that little mini bike, like you see the little Sears mini bike right back in the day, the handlebars looked like a noodle that you spun around. And I knew at that young age right then, this was not good. And I remember that night, my whole family praying. One of the first times I ever remember praying as a family. The good news is, he recovered. And it was a long, long time. He had pins in his hand, they had to sew his nose back on him. He had plates in his head, everything. Forever changed that man's life, everything else. In just an instant. He said, what does that have to do with stuff? Thank the Lord that I wasn't there. Because usually where I was, I was on the back of the fastest motorcycle riding with my brother. And that's why I acted here. But you know, sometimes you just, it don't feel right. You say, you know, I don't think you ought to go. Have y'all ever had that? I just don't think we ought to go. I don't think we ought to go. I know when, when Thomas and Justin, and they're still going in and out and stuff. There were some things, you know. Now, I can give you this. I'm going I'm to tease my wife a little bit. And, and the boys can say amen or oh no. When you ask mom something, the answer is what? I'm going to tell you right now. She defaults to no fast. Mom, I went no. Nope. Nope. And sometimes I say, good thing I'm here, you wouldn't do nothing. But mom knows, though. But we try to balance it out, right? Try to balance it out. And so then, I'm really praying. I said, well, you know, they ought to go ahead and go. They got to do a few things. Everything else. And she says, she gave me one of these. All right, then. In other words, you better be right. Because if something happens to my babies, it's on you. Right? I mean, so I go and lay things out before the Lord. Lord <laughs> protect them, right? Because, you know, you got to do a few things. But, but, but I'll tell you this. I'm not going to argue about it if she says, really, hey, I really don't feel comfortable about this. Because we're going to respect each other's decision here from the Lord. It's like, you know, okay, but if you really feel like that, then well, why can't I go? And, and you know what? As the boys grew up, when I didn't just give them a simple no or anything, I said, man, I really don't feel cool about this, man. It's not that I don't want you to go. There's something in my spirit that I don't think you should go. And more times than not, it works out. I'm glad they didn't go. So what am I saying on this? A lot of times, we got to deny ourselves. We need to be listening to the Lord, amen? Because his plan is the best plan. Let's take a look at this. I said, our best battle plan is found on our knees seeking the Lord. You believe that right there? Man, but sometimes we just wait so long to get to there. I said, when we put our problems before the Lord, the Lord goes before our problems. That's a good thing to write down there. When we put our problems before the Lord, the Lord goes before our problems. I said, but now what usually happens is we put our problems before everyone else first. You're going to call everybody and complain. You're going to tell everybody what should be done and, and all the things that you've done, and we cry about it. Amen. You don't think so? We whine about it a little bit. Let's go on to the next thing. Everybody doing good? Say amen. It's a real simple message, but it's got a powerful, powerful outcome. So we cry, don't we? Well, I'll put this here. I said, complaining and crying is different than crying out. Think about that. See, we often whine and complain and kick and holler, but Hezekiah laid his problem at the feet of the Lord. I said, that's totally different. It's like we stomp around, and we actually stomp on the feet of Jesus Christ. Why me? 
That's how I was that morning. Why can't I go? Everybody else is going. Everybody else is going. How many of y'all say that? Everybody else is going. What did, what did your mama say? Well, if they don't stop for bed, they do that too, right? You heard that. Everybody's mama said that. But you get out there and stomp around and everything else. And really, it, you know, there's many times that the, the voice said no. What's the old thing that said this, God always answers prayer? And people say what? Yes. Yes. No. And wait. Amen. But he's always answering them. It's not always in the time frame that we want or in the way that we want, but God's in the answering prayer business. Amen. Let's keep on rolling from here a little bit. I like the, I wrote a few things there. I said, Hezekiah humbled himself. I said, think about this. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, we don't hinder the process of the Lord's work. What do you mean? We can get in the way. We can get in the way. I'll tell you what I mean. I said, if the Lord says wait and you keep moving in the wrong direction, guess what? That's on you. And God said, don't do that. That's not the best for you. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then you jump over and you're doing that, right? But I got some good news about that, right? He won't just leave you there, right? Some people say, well, oh, well, you made your own bed, sleep in it. God will not leave you there. He'll come in the pit with you. He'll bring you back out. That's the type of love that God has for us. And I, I kept looking at this. I said, you know, I'm probably not the only one that does this, but sometimes, man, I just, I just get ahead of myself and I get ahead of God. Man, let's just go. Let's go. Sometimes I don't even think about it. Let's just go. We've got to go. We're looking at something else instead of the big picture. How many people are busy here usually? Folks busy? Do you remember your folks being that busy? I don't think my folks were that busy. Mom was at home running the show. Dad was, was back. And then he got home. My mom still ran the show. That's how it was. That was it. You know? And that's, that's what was going on. But it seemed like they had more time. And so all these things that, that, that's been supposed to be a blessing to us, which many of them are, we use them to use up our time. Think about that. Man, we're on that phone all the time. Reaching the bit, Looking at the phone. Looking at this. Checking the weather. Man, Jimmy, how'd y'all used to check weather? Just put two sticks down? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It didn't take no time, man. He's just looking at the Yeah, it's boy. It looks like it's windy. That's it. And I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, he's closer than most of the weathermen out there right now. Because this is what happens. Denise will listen to everybody say, I'm going to call daddy. I'm going to call daddy. Yeah. If you're out there on the, on the river and stuff, you got to know what's going on. But it doesn't have to consume you. you. You look at the signs, you can say, hey, Lord, this is what's going on. Let's keep on looking here. I want to read a little bit more. Verse 15, it says, And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, and thrown between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your, your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words a set of cherubim has sent to ridicule the living God. And I wrote a few things down here. He recognizes, you can write this down, he recognizes the power of God. See, many times we, we, we hear about it, we, we've experienced it, and then we just put it on the back shelf. He knew that there was power in the Lord. He says, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of earth. You have made heaven and earth. He is speaking the truth and building up his faith from the truth of what he's speaking. It wasn't some wimpy prayer. What do you mean by that? To me, a wimpy prayer is this. When we tell God how big our problem is, that's almost an insult, isn't it? God knows what's going on. Lord, did you see how big that army was? Lord, you know I just don't have the manpower. Lord, you know my back's bugging me. You know, I got an wrong toenail. I mean, we give him everything. You know, you know how we were going to have a barbecue and now this guy's going to come into the kingdom. What a world. You see how silly that sounds? Instead of saying, Lord, I'm going to tell you something. You woke me up this morning. 
You gave me breath. You saved me. God is powerful enough to save everybody that calls on the name of Jesus and secure you in your faith. You think he can take care of this guy? Not a problem. Knock, knock. What now? Trust the Lord. What now? What are we going to do now? We're going to go to the Lord. Take a look at this. But you know what? You need to know your God. What do you mean by that? I said, the Bible says that Hezekiah was put in the, the kingdom of, of Judah to be the king at 25. And he sought after the Lord. He knew the power of his God. He knew the attributes of the Lord. He honored God and God honored his prayer. He relied on the Lord. When you think about this, has God ever done anything for anybody in here? One or two people think so. <laughs> I know everybody knows so, don't they? And you think about that. Think about something that the Lord has brought you through. See, I always say it's not good to plow backwards, but it ain't bad to look in the rear view mirror and get a glimpse of what God's done. Sometimes when I have the biggest problems in my life, I say, wait a minute. If God got me through this, and he 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 got me through that, surely he can handle this thing coming up. I don't like to keep bringing it up. Well, what if he doesn't? Well, what if this happened? What if, 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 if? I fail if I fail because I'm doubting what God said he'll do. Is he a good guy? Does he only give good gifts? Right? Does that mean we never have any problems? No. I'm going to tell you what it does mean. We never go through those problems alone. And today I hope this builds our faith because the first thing we want to do when we have a problem is go to the Lord. Go to the word of the Lord. This is what happens many times. Many times, this is where I'm going at, we pray the problem. But biblically, we should be praying the answer. Y'all catch that? What I say? Oh, Lord, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. This is going on. Uh, we give him the whole grocery list and everything else. That's not what Hezekiah did. He said, you're the Lord of heaven and earth. There's nobody like you. You're, you're the one. Well, we see, we, we come, we start talking, and we start praising, and guess what happens? When we start giving God the proper spot in our, our life, it starts changing everything. It changes our perspective. If I pray like this, just think about it. Lord, I hope you can do something here. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So if you can help me out, you know, I really appreciate it. But man, because I'm going down. I'm already defeated. I'm not saying that God won't answer that because, because as, we, as we grow in the Lord, you know, he'll take you right where you are. I don't think there's a bad earnest prayer. I'm not saying that. But now listen to the difference. Lord, you woke me up this morning. Lord, I know you took care of all this stuff. Got a beautiful woman in my life. Bless me with two kids, a wonderful church family. You're amazing, Lord. You heal my legs up, everything. I can move my arm now. They said I couldn't play guitar no more. I'm playing all the time. Lord, you are the one. You're amazing. Take care of my 87 year old mom. Give me a job. Never been hungry. Woo! I tell you what, Lord, I'm trusting you for this situation. This is a little bit different, isn't it? Because I'm getting all cranked up right now. And I didn't say something that wasn't true. I was speaking the truth. I was praying the, 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 the biblical way and saying, Lord, I know who you are. You, your word says, nothing wrong against me is going to prosper. Lord, you said that I am secure in you. You said, you know what? This by grace you're saved through faith. Not that of myself. It's a gift of God. It's a gift. I've received your gift of Jesus Christ, Lord. I'm going to walk in that today. I'm going to throw one at you. Y'all ready? How many saints we got here today? Raise your hands. Get you with that every day. Any more? Any more saints in there? The biblical defin definition of a saint is anybody who's called on the Lord. How many saints you got? Three. That's it. You feel better already, don't you? 
That's the truth. I'll leave that alone. I was watching the news and I, I saw a few things today. I thought, that's kind of amazing. But you know what? That's what God says. Saint means to be set apart, sanctified, ready for the, for the work of the Lord. You've called on the name of the Lord. See, we think, oh, i got to be perfect like such and such and such. Guess what? No one has ever walked this earth that was perfect but Jesus. Amen? Amen. And you are a saint because you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. And the blood of the Lord has covered your sin, eradicated your sin. So now that when God looks at you, he looks at you without blame. It's helping somebody today. Me. How about that? I love this. I probably preach this every week. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, God's not coming to beat you up and say, well, you know you should have done that. You ain't no God. I can't use you no more. If you feel like that, you're listening to the liar. You're listening to the devil. If, you, if you're walking out of balance with the Lord and the Lord said, hey, that's not the best thing for you. You really need to get back in fellowship. Maybe you want to, you want to tune into that. Amen. But line it up with God's word. Know your God. See, that's the problem. You know what? You, you, how many people got a lot of friends and then they got a lot of acquaintances? My dad used to tell me, he said, man, if you, got, if you got two or three good friends, man, you live this life, you got two or three good friends, you have been blessed. I feel extremely blessed. I got a lot of good friends. And I got a lot of people that are acquaintances. I got a lot of people think they're good friends, but when everything's stripped away, you find out maybe they weren't even that good of acquaintances. I'm not putting people down. I'm just saying, if you got a good friend, you have got a blessing. Your good friend will tell you the hard things in love. Your good friend, guess what your good friend will do? You ready for this? Your good friend will let you down sometimes. But they don't need to. But they'll come back around and say, man, you know, I, I believe that. You know? Sorry about that. Let's keep on going. Because a relationship has what? Ups and downs. And ups and downs. And ups and downs. That's why it's good to date a long time. You know? <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I'm just going to throw that out there. Because you're going to see a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. Well, I just happened to do this. When we were on the up, I had Denise marry me. I don't want to take a chance on the down. But, you know, it's working out. Thomas and Alexis dated for, how long did y'all date? Five years? What did I tell you? I said, well, both of y'all ought to know what you're getting by now. Let's go for it. That's great. Yeah. Pray about it. See what's going on. But things take time. Relationships take time. Learning the word of God takes time. But getting saved, you can get saved up in an instant, man. You can pass from death to life. What do you mean? The Bible doesn't say you've got to be a Bible scholar. The Bible doesn't say you, you have to have everything right. You don't have to have your hair going good, put a certain amount in the church pot, any of that. He said, trust in the Lord. Believe. And finish working the cross. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was talking to a gentleman who took me to lunch the other day. And I, I love making new friends, man. And I love to listen. I know y'all don't believe that. But 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 I used to listen a little bit, right? But then when it's my turn, better look out. <laughs> and I talked to this, this, this gentleman, and, and I don't know why I, I love hanging out with older folks. Because they can teach us something. They can teach us something. And I had lunch with a fine fellow the other day, and he was just talking and listening and talking and listening, and he told me about different things in his life. And I thought, man, this is amazing. This man has seen a lot of stuff. This man has seen the Lord do a lot of stuff. And I'm just hungry for it, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he did. You did, he did. And he's constantly putting all the praise back to the Lord. I love that. Because you know what? He's speaking life into my life. I appreciate that. I would see this thought from time to time. He goes, how you doing? 
I said, I'm doing good, sir. Good. I see him three, four, I see him all the time. And I said, so I, I said, I don't know if, I, if, if you've ever, if I've ever officially met you. And he laughed. He said, buddy, I know exactly who you are. How's things at the church? Do a lot of good work with things going on that everybody's doing over there. And he told me this, he says, I want to take you to lunch sometime. He said, it's on me. I said, okay, that sounds good. And he shook my hand, and this is some old school stuff right here. He shook my hand, he said, it's in your part now. You know what that meant? All you got to do is call, and I'll fulfill what I said I'm going to do. But if you don't, that's on you. I like that. And I told Denise, I said, I got a busy week. I said, next week, I will be calling this man, and we're going to go sit down and have lunch. I called him. I can hear him like this. This is so cool. What day was that? Do you want to go? What time was that? I got there at 10 till. He was already there. See, they're old school guys. You're not going to have one. I wonder if they're coming. Wonder, he's there. That's it. I enjoy those times. And I glean from those relationships because they've been around the block. How much more can we glean from the Word of God? Right? It's, 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 Stand the test of time. How much more can I learn from knowing my God? But it's good to have somebody come along beside you sometime and reach on a little bit. To say, man, I just appreciate you. What I always say, everybody needs what? A cheerleader. <laughs> Y'all heard me say that a million times. A million times. But we all do. So if we're going to cry, let's cry out to the Lord. It's totally different. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Because you know what? He's reliable. Isn't he? Everybody say amen if you're doing good. Amen. All right. All y'all in for today, they didn't put my clock up here. <laughs> so we're going to talk about rely. All right, ready? Little, little self-check here. How much do you rely on God? A scale of 1 to 10. Think about that. Well, you know, I rely on God sometimes. You better rely on God all the time. I've heard this many times, and, and, and I don't want to start an argument with that. They said, God will never put more on you than you can handle yourself. And I thought, where's that at? Because what I see is, <laughs> I need God to handle everything. If God's never going to put no more on me than I can handle myself, then I really don't need him, do I? You think about what you just said. He's not going to put no more on me than I can handle. That I can handle. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more than you can handle in life. So think about that. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I'm not trying to mix word or whatever like that. But I'm just saying, you can get, find yourself way in, way in over your head, can't you? I'm thinking like this. There's always something I need the Lord for. Always. Always. Praying for my family. Praying for my family. Give me wisdom in this. You know? Give me wisdom in that. Give me understanding. How much do you rely on God? I'm going to give you my answer. Y'all don't have to get it. Not enough. I know I should. I'm working on it, and I'm preaching right to me right here. I need to rely on God more. Because what happens is, I get I get a little piece of the nugget of, of the truth, and then I take a run. I got it. I got it. I, what are we supposed to turn? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? But if you take a step at a time with the Lord, he can whisper to you. He can tell you stop. He can tell you turn. He can say, it's going to be okay. How many of y'all have had this feature revealed to you and not used it? You're in a conversation, somebody talked about something, and you get ready to say something, and the Lord said, no. All right? 
And you go. And then it comes around again and you say, I know I should not say anything, but you say it anyway, right? And then you go, ooh, I wish I could take that back. Oh my goodness. I'm going to share something that's just real eye-opening stuff on that. Went to Chick-fil-A. All my stories involve food. Y'all see that, don't you? Went to Chick-fil-A. This was probably 10 years ago. Went to Chick-fil-A with a friend of mine. And uh, we were in line. We had to get back to work. We were doing stuff. And there was a couple little kids. They were happy, but they were just noisy and loud and running around. The lady trying to get a hold of them and everything. And I probably made this stupid little face like I make, as my kids say, like this. Is that the face? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I get this stiff lip thing like that, you know. So I must have did the dad face. And she was right because I, I'm sure I was thinking the dad face. And she gathered the children and she said, I'm just, she said, sorry, you could go right ahead. I'm sorry my children are a little loud, but they're deaf. I wasn't too hungry after that. I felt like crawling up on the desk. I thought, what can you say to that? What can you say? I'm sorry. I'm just, I got like a number five and just went on home, went on back to the car. My buddy said, well, you didn't know. I mean, she should have had your kids everything. I said, it shouldn't matter. Man, in those times like that, if I was relying on the Lord, it wasn't no big deal. I would just say, ah. you know, I know what my mind was in. I can't believe he's got kids running all around keeping control. Baby kids, we're trying to talk, they yell and everything else. And no idea. See, this is the thing. Sometimes we have no idea what somebody else is going through. That's what I'm saying. We have no idea. If you work with somebody and they're all been out of shape first thing in the morning, it's probably not you. It might be something on the home front. It might be something else. Give them a little grace. Right? Give them a little grace. Rely on the Lord. But you know what we do? I love the scripture. I learned a long time ago, Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Is that true? See, a lot of times we trust in everything else. We trust in our horses and our chariots. What do you mean? I don't have a horse. I don't have a chariot. You trust in your strength. You trust in your money. You trust in what you know. You trust in who you know. You trust in your position. Right? We do sometimes, right? But do we really trust in the Lord? I hope that's what we see today. Take a look at this. I got some more words for you. I love this. Philippians 2 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue and knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many know that God's alive? Amen? He is. And this is what I want to bring us in, bring us around. We rely on ourselves and everything else. Here it is. The name above all names, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess Jesus. So you might as well get used to saying it right now in a good, good way. Amen? In a praising way. Maybe sometimes in a crying out way. That's okay. But understand the authority of the name of Jesus. Y'all heard this. I always said this to my kids when they're going. I said, if everything gets tough, anything gets bad, dad ain't there, mom can't be found, can't do this, everything else, which is very far from you. If you're ever in a bad spot, you call out on the name of Jesus. You know? How many times have y'all read stories? People said this and that and something like this coming along and, and something happened and somebody pulled out a gun and then just say, in Jesus' name, you got to drop the gun. I've heard those stories. I believe God can do it. I love listening to Charles Stanley. 
Y'all got some Charles Stanley sometimes? I heard this years ago. He was preaching on the radio. Now, this, I, I'm going to tell you what I read. Somebody had left and had the preaching on, on the radio. A guy came in, was stealing stuff, and started hearing the gospel message, got saved, and left. Didn't take nothing. That's the power of God. That's the power of the name of Jesus. Can you imagine that? And then later on, the guy told him how he got saved. I got saved. I was breaking into somebody's house and stealing something. You was preaching the gospel. I got saved, left everything, and I'm, I'm following Jesus. Woo! Now, that, that's a crazy testimony, isn't it? Usually, you know, I went through some stuff, and I got saved. Or somebody came outside. The, the, the church told me about it. I grew up in a church. I've never heard anybody say I was breaking and entering, and as I was stealing the radio, I heard, I heard you preaching, and it transformed my life. But see, the power of God can transform your life. No matter if you're sitting in here today, if you're listening on the internet later today, it has the power. Look at this. I love this. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, God has exalted him, who? Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. When you're going to go to somebody, go to the top. Go to the top. Go to somebody you're never going to get a business, a business signal on. Just made me think of something. My next door neighbor, we tried to look out for him. An older gentleman just found this out last night. He got up yesterday. He took a fall. Hit his head on on the uh, bathroom thing. What do you call it? The bathroom thing. And uh, he tried to call us. I don't know if he tried to call me or my neighbor. He tried to call some of the neighbors. But our cable was down. And finally, he got a hold of somebody else down the street. And they took him to the hospital. I'm going to see if I can't visit him today. So many times we call and we get the wrong number, disconnected number, phone's unplugged number, cable's down, whatever. You'll never have that phone on the main phone. You will always have total access to your heavenly Father. Never forget that. Never forget that. Because I'm going to tell you what, there's going to be times that we need that. Matter of fact, I don't know there's a time that we never need that. Amen. We need to be in communication with the Lord. And the Lord is reliable and faithful and merciful. And knowing that should be a joyful thing. Amen. How many people got joy in their life? How many people could use some more joy in their life? There you go. Amen. Grandma said always. Did you say that before I married into the family? Okay. <laughs> she said, I need it all the time now. Let's take a look at this. Send you out with some good scripture here. Imitating Christ's humility. Philippians 2 says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Anybody encouraged about being united with Christ? Amen. That's the best thing I got going for. How about y'all? Amazing. If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you to the interest of the other. Amen. If we could apply that right there, that would be amazing, right? But I'll tell you what, that's what I'm going to set before you today. So, so can, can, you know, I can only answer for myself. Am I doing that? Are we doing that? There's always room for us to be able to just grow in Christ. 
I like the verse 3. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So many times we do stuff for our gain. And you know something that's crazy? Is that when we do things, I've, I've noticed this over time. You give somebody a compliment or you say something nice to them, they don't even know how to respond because they think you want something. You know what I like doing sometimes? I like calling people and say, I don't need nothing, don't want nothing, just want to tell you I'll say about something. You know, I woke up this morning and one of my friends had already sent me a note and said, I don't know why, but the Lord laid you in my heart. Brothers, all we've been praying for you call it community, man. That's all right, man. That's all right. Now some people say, what does that mean? Guess what? God's thinking about me. And he's thinking about you. And he nudges somebody and says, hey, why don't you pray for your brother today? Why don't you, why don't you pray for your sister today? Why don't you pray for this situation today? I feel blessed when somebody says, hey, I've been praying for you. Some people tell them I've been praying for you. They say, well, why? <laughs> you know what I say? Why not? What I always say, y'all need somebody to pray for you? Pray for me. No problem. Because I'm going to be praying for you. Because there's things that we're going to experience in our life that we need to take to the Father. And I pray today through the message that we looked at, that denying ourselves, cry out to God, and rely on God. Lay your prayer request before the feet of Jesus. And pray the answer. Pray the answer. Lord, this is what I need. I know you're a good God. I know that you have done these things in my life before. Lord, I know that you hear my cry and I call out to you. How can you know that? Because you know what? Your Savior, if you call on the name of Jesus, sits at the right hand side of God, interceding for us. That's some good news. This should be some good news. Y'all ought to feel like you're 20 pounds lighter when you leave here. Because of all the things that we carry with worry and unforgiveness and doubt and, and problems and all that stuff there. I'm not saying that we don't shouldn't have any problems. We're going to have problems. But guess what? We give you the answer. And it's Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that we can come and have your word before us. The truth of your word. The transforming power of life. The word that saves. The word that heals. The word that is merciful. And the name that is above every name. So if you're here today, I want you to hear this from your clear. The Bible says all of us have fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? What does that really mean? All of us, all of us need a Savior. All of us need Jesus. And Jesus is with open arms. God said, come as you are. So if that's you today, ask the Lord, come into my life today, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Today I'm trusting in you. In the finished work of the cross, Lord. It doesn't have to be a perfect prayer. It's got to be an honest prayer. Lord, save me. Come into my life. I'm trusting you. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised us from the dead, we will be saved. Is that where you are today? Have you done that? There's no bigger decision that you need to make, that you will make. Why put it off for tomorrow? It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. God says, you know what? You call on me. So I pray today, if that's your prayer, tell somebody to believe it. You know what, Pastor? But I prayed that prayer today. And I'm trusting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about. If you're here today and say, you know what? I've trusted the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I've walked away. Well, guess what? God hasn't walked away. 
Come on back. Come on back to him. The power of prayer changes everything. Because the one we pray to, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, has created the heavenly world. He's created all these things. And he created you and I. And he loves you. And he loves you. And he loves you. Remember that today. You are loved. You are his masterpiece. All the men of Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap.